Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Craft Survival Podcast. If you haven't noticed, we have copyright infringed on every... What song is that? Um, I don't know. Take don't know. me to Philcraft Town. Take me down to Paradise Shitty. Hey, welcome back to the Philcraft Survival <laughs> Podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and today's co-host is uh, Curtis. We're super motivated. Yeah, we're, so, we're I, digging deep. Yeah, this is actually a good one. It's, uh, I don't even know where I was going to go with that other than talk <laughs> about motivation and how it's sometimes uh, unattainable. Yeah, you sometimes... So you just have to yeah, force yourself. You got to force yourself to be uh, tapped into the world because sometimes you just want to, you know, get away. And... Um, so today, uh, <laughs> I don't fucking even know what the hell's happening. Actually, well, we're we're recording this podcast right now. We're live on Instagram. Uh, we'll post this later, but it is nine eleven today. So uh, obviously, a solemn day in the country. Um, I remember where I was on nine eleven, and I think I, we've talked about that before on some other podcasts. But I was a young non commissioned officer going through at the time what they called. Uh, PLDC, which stood for Primary Leadership Development Course. And I was actually in the chow hall that morning, and we were just finishing breakfast and a cup of coffee uh, close to 9 a.m., um, you know, 8.50, 9 a.m. When, uh, when the towers were struck. So uh, definitely remember where I was. The feeling in the room was pretty crazy. Um, I was in there with a lot of other young infantrymen and, uh, you know, immediately we knew like, Hey, this is serious. Um, this is not some fluke thing where a plane just flew off course and, uh, and hit a building. So I think we understood from the very get go that, uh, soon we would be asked to, uh, go and deal with the bad guys that perpetrated that atrocity, which, Uh, Mike and I throughout the last 18 years um, have had the opportunity to do that Um, and I considered that a privilege and wanted nothing more but to be able to avenge the deaths of so many innocent people, first responders uh, through the cowardly acts that we witnessed on 9-11. Yeah, you know, I... I, uh I've also, you know, we've also discussed it. You know, I was um, had a little break in service there, and then got back into it. But you know, it's a it's a day um, that I remember because it's kind of like the fuel that lit my fire or lit, lit my fire, <laughs> lit my ass on fire. That um, really motivated me to um, stay engaged and stay in for a direct purpose, which the the purpose was to serve and to fight. You know, I. I I actually got out of the military as an 11 Bravo, as an infantry guy, because I really wasn't, there was nothing really going on. And I I had joined the military because I I wanted to fight for freedom. And we really didn't even know what that meant until um, 9-11 happened. Uh, When 9-11 happened, um, you know, the attacks, you know, that were, you know, all over the United States um, that affected us greatly kind of redefined a lot of our lives. And, I always think about, hey, where would I have been or where would I be doing right now if that didn't happen, if that event uh, didn't change so many people's lives? And so it thrusted us into the military and it thrusted us into uh, into war and the special operations, which is ongoing now. And a lot of people forget that. And a lot of people forget that we are still a nation that's at war. You know, uh, I remember when Obama came into the White House, he said he was going to end the war in Afghanistan. And that was part of the... Uh, 
platform that he stood on. And as you can see right now, we're still in Afghanistan. We're still in Iraq and we're all over the world. And uh, politics aside, um, there's a, you know, determined and willing enemy that we first faced. You know, it's not the first time we faced him, but at the magnitude that we did face him on 9-11, it propelled us into a new type of uh, thinking, a new type of strategy, a new type of warfare, and a new life for me and everybody else uh, that was involved. So, you know, one of the things, you know, some of the things that we talked about today were the fact that um, we kind of lived a life because of 9-11, but we wanted to make a difference today. Uh, we announced that decision that me and Kurt were going to start this, uh, this um, uh, venture into developing a special forces and ranger museum uh, in order to bridge the gap between civilians and the military, but also preserve our history. And I think that's, uh, that's one of the biggest reasons that we, we've engaged in it and that's important for me and Kurt is we're forgetting who we are. We for, we're forgetting where we came from. Um, and, you know, people ask me all the time, they're like, why are you so combative on this, these people taking knees for this <laughs> protest shit? And one of the reasons I'm so combative is because I think our priorities as a country are fucked up. I think that um, uh, when we're sitting there talking about, and toxically talking about, uh matters that we think are relevant um, when there's so many other things that are more relevant we're, we're taking away from our, our country and we're taking away from our freedoms and so yeah do I think police brutality um, is an issue I also think that brutality in any instance is an issue but more important um, there's a lot of uh, people out there who stand on platforms and say, oh, these are the problems. And that the only thing that does is segregate us. So if there's a solution to that, it would be, uh, let's do something about it. And let's focus on um, issues that really matter and should matter to our, so- our society, which is, to me, um, you know, I, I, I messaged some guy on, on open forum, black-on-black crime. It's a huge issue. And, and I would be willing to step up and help in any way I can because I've, I've seen it. I experienced it in the inner city growing up in a shithole in Daytona Beach, Florida, and um, it's a real issue. Um, and also, obviously, preserving our history. So, Yeah, I think, I think uh, probably one of the biggest things right now is that we live in a society that, one, wants to ignore history. Not everyone, right? But I think there's a certain element to society that wants to ignore history and pretend uh, certain things either didn't happen a certain way or they don't want to acknowledge that things happened a certain way. And so, you know, when I was a kid, my dad is is a huge history buff. So we used to talk about a lot of different things. And the one thing that that he always taught me was you need to understand history and learn it. So, you don't. so we as a nation or people or whatever, don't make the same mistakes twice. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, hot button issues is what I like to call them, where we're divided along, you know, race and ethnicity and uh, religion and all these other things. And I don't know if people quite understand this, but when we're divided, we're weak. And so on a day like 9-11, when I think about what happened when, you know, the planes hit the towers, like I remember that. Um, I remember how uh, united the country was after that and that we were going to literally go do something about, you know, bad guys attacking our country. So I think, uh, as a people, as a nation, we have a lot more in common, 
uh, united. We have a lot more things in common than we do to the, than the things that divide us. And there's a human element to that, having some empathy, some patience, um, some understanding of different points of view, and then not being so, um, I think, uh, you know, quick to exercise a temper or be pissed about something. But it's like, I've had lots of good dialogue with a lot of respectful people and, you know, articulating their points on supporting kneeling or whatever they do, right? Hey, I'm, I'm willing to listen to a lot of different people, but as soon as your first statement starts off with you're a racist, then you pretty much lost my attention because that's exactly the kind of shit, uh, that, that people are doing, um, to shut people down and not be able to utilize, uh, the right of free speech. And then they divide people that way and it just makes all of us weaker. So anyways, um, yeah, that's kind of what I think about it. But back to 9-11. So obviously, um, lots of different thoughts. You know, I was having a beer last night sitting on my back porch and um, I read a couple posts on Instagram. Um, typically, nothing on Instagram makes me think very deeply except for, <laughs> you know, uh, some some pretty significant um, times in our history. And, and one of those that I think is well within recent history is 9-11. And I started thinking about, you know, people, there was a post that went out and it's like people went to bed the night before not knowing, you know, that their loved ones weren't going to come home. And so, you know, the, the end of that post was like, hey, if you have something left unsaid to someone, you need to go say it because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And I think it illustrates um, the human point that, uh, you know, being good to each other is important and that like carrying a bunch of negative stuff with us, baggage, whatever it is, right. There's just a ton of negative stuff today. Like let it go, um, heal and move forward. I mean, try to do the best you can, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, I think a basic human message that can resonate with, uh, with a lot of people. So, yeah, I think one of the points of the, you know, we had talked about, about the museum is, uh, kind of instilling or reinstilling uh, American pride. I mean, I, w- when I grew up in the America in the '80s, I remember being uh, very prideful of the fact that I was American, even though I may- got made fun of because I was Asian. I didn't know. I thought I was a little redneck well, white kid from <laughs> Daytona Beach, Florida, and um, but I was pr- proud to be American. You know, my uncle served in the Navy. My dad served in the Army. I come from a, a lineage of, uh, of veterans, and uh, we were proud to to represent our country and and you know fly our colors and and be proud of that. But now, uh, because all of this you know divisive mentality on dividing us and segregating us, whether through the media, or through politics, or through people's personal agendas, um, it seems like it's harder to stand united behind being an American because somehow. Just like you've been guilted to think that if you're white, you're wrong, or and and I'm speaking that from like an Asian American dude, uh, you know I, I'll I'll call what it is I'll I'll identify the 800 pound gorilla in the corner, um, you know I'll, if you're if you're in most instances if you're um, if you're spitting you know behind a platform your agenda and your ideology then somehow you're immune. Uh, to being uh, racist or to be or to segregating us, and and all of a sudden it's a positive thing. Well, that's not the case. Like Kurt highlighted, uh, if you if right off the bat you start attacking people, you've lost, um, you've lost really the ears of most of America. And so I hate that mentality. The mentality is that somehow, in some way, uh, we can't be united 
under a, a front. And I think one of the things that we can be united behind is the fact that our military has rep- represented itself well in many instances throughout history, including the Civil War, um, to fight for freedom and fight all for races, all religions, all races, yeah, all religions, all creeds. all creeds. And that's one of the things that we want to stand behind. Part of, part of the segment that me and Kurt want to do is uh, we want to have an auditorium. And on that, in that auditorium, you want to have a segment of that that's a media room that does podcast recording, video recordings to archive the history of black units, Native American units, white units, mixed units, whatever the hell the unit is, we need to start archiving that history and paying attention to it. And, um, you know, I think that will bring the country together more and it's a personal, um, per- something personally that I'm going to fight to campaign on to, to make sure that we're making happen. And, you know, when it's all said and done, um, you know, I'm going to stay away from the media, stay away from professional athletes running their mouth, and, and I'm gonna just going to do me, and um, me and Kurt are going to do our best for the country. So, I feel like that you're running for office off of that. <laughs> I will never run for office <laughs> in any political spectrum, ever. I promise that. I'm never. not going to promise that. I've, I'm eyeing 2020. <laughs> Kurt for president. Yeah. yeah. Uh, make Prescott great again or something. Make Prescott great Mappa. again. Make, <laughs> I don't know. All right, being stupid. Anyways, what else were we going to talk about today? Well, you know, uh, some other things that we got going on is because uh, I'm I'm at tracer burnout right now. No, no, we're you're like, not. You're we're not. ten minutes. Drink your rock star. Drink I'm your trying rock star. to sip on this energy drink, and uh, I'll yeah. feed you. You want some nectar? I'll feed you some nectar. <laughs> yeah. Um, Discovery Channel uh, popped off, and you know, thank you to everybody who tuned in. And thank everybody. Who we're listened. dropping this today, right? We're going to do it live. Yeah. And then we're, we're gonna dropping drop this today, today. guys. Yep. Listen to me. If there was ever a time in history, in the history, of in the, the history States. of the Graham, and the TV, <laughs> and the discovery of the channel, uh, go to all of their social media platforms and yep. tell them that that you guys want to see more battle tested. So we, um, yeah, I mean, we. The bottom line is, Discovery's on the fence. They don't know if they want to roll with it. We need to tell them why we want to roll with it because it's going to be a super fun show. And you're going to watch Mike and I make fun of each other, have fun, You'll see more banter Pearl. back and forth. You're going to see more Pearl, Everybody which is the, real, yeah, the yeah. real reason why you want more of it. But uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's hit Discovery like gangbusters and tell them, hashtag, we want more battle You tested. said, let's hit Discovery like gang, and I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you I said didn't busters. say let's gangbang Discovery. I said... <laughs> we need a gangbang Discovery yeah. is from Kurt's mouth. <laughs> quote, and I quote. Uh, um, so if you didn't hear that, you know, the big things are one Facebook, right? Yeah. Facebook. So go to their Facebook page. I was actually laughing my ass off cause I, w- I looked at Instagram and there's a picture of a tiger <laughs> and it's, and it's 156. Well, at the time it was 156 comments and it's like, yeah, that's a great tiger, but how about more hashtag battle tested discovery and all this stuff, which <laughs> I thought was great guys. So we love you. We appreciate you. I actually put yeah, that on my story, much. the comments, um, but w- they definitely need to hear uh, the people's voice that they want more battle tested. Tell them we want more hashtag battle tested. Yeah, like Kurt said, the show's on the fence, and um, you know, <laughs> the bottom line is that's how how it works. You know, in, in the day and age of ratings and everything else, um, they they look at it as a business opportunity, and if we could show them and demonstrate that there's it's worth getting in bed with, then yep. 
let's do this. Get, Getting in bed. Get in the sheets. Gang banging. Oh, yeah. man. Bump and grind. We're screwed. I think we just violated a contract. We're bumping and grinding <laughs> now. Hey, so uh, another thing is uh, you guys just did an overland nobility course. I didn't do. I, I didn't go this time because I was we doing did. other stuff, but... How did that go? Well, it was way less exciting than Wickenburg because we didn't have a bunch of shit bags messing with us. But no, guys, seriously. Uh, yeah, Mike Hernandez and I, which Mike, Mike is one of our other instructors for the mobility course, uh, taught with me this last weekend. We had a blast. Good class. Uh, good showing. Learned a lot of different things together. Had the opportunity to uh, hit the trails up in uh, west of Prescott, Arizona elevations you know we're rolling anywhere between uh four and six thousand feet our camping spot was pretty was actually really cool um we typically the way those courses work is we go out for the day we have different stations set up we teach you guys about all kinds of different things like your tires you know air compressors all this stuff right all this cool stuff that uh, you can do in overlanding and off-roading to include driving um fighting from your vehicle all kinds of cool stuff and then uh, we do like a community evening where we set up like a community camp spot. Uh, we barbecue, have some beers, talk about different things, share experiences, you know, around the campfire. Um, and it ends up being a fun time. I can see you <laughs> smirking right now, which means Imagine you're like, you in a oh, did you share your big dildo fire. story? <laughs> yeah. Me dancing around the fire with a beer being all crazy. A cloth, a thong, <laughs> a tribe. Yeah, thong. yeah, a tribe thong. Actually, yeah, I have a I have a we defy thong. <laughs> we defy. It thong. says we defy on the back of the thong. Where it oh, don't tell those dudes in, don't tell those dudes overseas about that because you'll get some <laughs> you'll get some uh, pushback <laughs> on that new <laughs> new defiance. Yeah. We defy thong. Yeah. Um. Also, um, what else is going on? <laughs> Damn you! You're supposed to lead this. You're the host. I'm just a co-host. Well, we're doing. I, I'm. I, I'm actually have it set in front. Well, of we me. have Cali coming up. That's next on the plate. We're going to be in uh, in the Central Valley, in California, near uh, the real gem Modesto. No big deal. Um, we're going to be uh, yeah, right in series. We're running a gunfighter pistol course, gunfighter carbine, and then we're going to be working with some of our law enforcement buds out that way. Excuse me. After. Excuse me again, a um, little gassy. Uh, no, but anyway, so teaching in Cali and then uh, coming back from that, and then, yeah, we're just doing our thing. So The uh, the hurricane is going to destroy the East Coast from what I see. What's crazy is oh, it's like... That's what we were going to talk about. Disaster <laughs> preparedness. What, <laughs> what Philcraft survival. What do you guys do? Uh, uh, we do we talk about thing, natural and man-made disasters. This thing called catastrophes. So this on Facebook this morning, I did a top 10 list of things that you should do, which I'm assuming is going to get some criticism because people like to uh, talk shit on social media. But I, I actually wanted to outline these 10 things that our must-dos, and maybe we could uh, uh, Ooh, work yeah. through it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, one of the things, number one, is, um, and this is for everybody who's involved in a, a, a natural catastrophe, if there's an opportunity, number one, you need to evacuate. You yeah, absolutely. You need to get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of something completely inappropriate <laughs> right now. What are you thinking about? I was like, uh Never mind. Just keep going. <laughs> Just keep going. Well, the whole thing about evacu evacuation is it's mostly it's voluntary, right? Especially when it comes to a hurricane, they say, "Hey, yeah. we want people to evacuate," but a lot of people don't because they want to. They don't want to abandon their homes. And they don't want to get, get out of town, whether it's financial reasons or just simple, simply pride. 
the the reality is, um, you know, this this hurricane is going to hit the U.S. at, a, at potentially at a a high cat four. Yeah. Um. It and it's it's going to uh, storm through, surge, high winds, storm surge, high all winds, all kinds of bad, all shit kinds happening. of bad, bad stuff. Flooding. Yeah. And and my whole thing is, why risk it? Why yeah. would you risk it? Because you can get, literally get out of the disaster area. Um, for 24 to 48 hours, it's going to sweep through that area, right. and then you can come back and recover. Yeah. Um, but to be involved, you know, in taking a Cat Four hurricane head on is not a smart move. Yeah, I feel like it's uh, it's like one of those things where you know you got to get out of the way, and then people that look, I, you know, I mean, everybody's a, a an adult for the most part, right? But I can't justify your reasoning <laughs> if you decide to stay. But we talked about this before, like uh, similar examples last year going on in Florida, talked to a lot of different people. And, we're, and you know, the com- I think the common consensus was just get out of town. Like there's insurance on your house. It's not, you know, at the end of the day, I'd rather lose a fucking house than a family member. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it just comes down to common sense. If you're going to stay, God be with you or Allah or whoever you pray to, Yahweh, I don't know. Yeah, I think um, also in addition to that, um, uh, you need to preserve and contain as much water as you can. I, yeah. a, a lot of people are confused because they don't, they don't get creative in their mindset. And always people are like, oh, yeah, I, I'm going to go buy gallons of of uh, water and just contain gallons of water. Right. Just get a huge container, a vessel for water, and use that to contain the, the now purified water out of your tap, out of your mm-hmm. uh, water system, and then um, contain it. Another thing that uh, we recommend is obviously before a storm surges and it, it potentially destroys the infrastructure, fill up your bathtub. Yeah, I mean, you have a, a lot of gallons of water potentially that you could isolate in a specific place that you could utilize, not just for drinking. We're not just talking about drinking, but we're also talking about hygiene. Yeah, it's a big deal. Like, uh, obviously, when you go, you know, if anybody in the, you know, our folks that follow or watch, if you've been in the military and you've been in the field a couple of days, you know that you get nasty pretty quick, especially if you're in a a hot, humid area, you're sweating, like, and then all of a sudden now imagine you get hurt. Um, let's say it's a cut, an open wound, something like that. You're unclean, that gets infected, like everything is down, right? The whole infrastructure is down. You can't be treated by a doc. You can't, you know, be taken care of. Now what are you going to do? So it's important to have all these things uh, set aside so that way, you know, you can do proper hygiene if you don't have a lot of fresh water. I even tell people, there's all kinds of cool stuff coming out now, like baby wipes that have disinfectant and all this stuff that, you know, at the very least, you can at least clean up and, you know, keep the germs from friggin' getting nasty on your body. Yeah, it's going to, you're going to fall apart and literally fall apart. Uh, another thing that we recommended is um, having a storage of dry food and canned food. Yeah, non perishables. Non perishables. That doesn't mean like uh, your Lunchables. Uh, that doesn't mean your beer. That means that means Vienna sausages. Yeah, that means Vienna sausages. Sausages. Uh, that means uh, dried food, like camp style food. Yeah, you need all that kind of stuff because you never know when the resupply is going to happen. You don't want to. You also don't want to be fighting for resources. That's the whole. The whole uh, point to this is self preservation and self sustainment. So if you could sustain yourself for a period of time, uh, I typically recommend two to uh, one to two weeks. Um, then. You're going to get past that emergency state and yeah. allow yourself to uh, survive on your own without having to go fight for resources. And even if that's jumping in your car 
and headed to Walmart after a hurricane. I'm not talking about like fighting for resources at Walmart. I'm talking about like, why would you put yourself at greater risk um, by driving in, in a hurricane disaster ridden area mm-hmm. with electrical wires down with people, uh, you know, fighting over uh, resources, looting, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Uh, when I was in, uh, when I was young at Fort Bragg, we had a hurricane come through. I can't remember which one it was, but I remember being in the barracks and our, uh, our first Sergeant at the time, his name was first Sergeant Perez. Awesome dude. He's like, you know, you guys got to do fresh water, all this stuff. So we have five gallon jugs and all that stuff. And of course, you know, we're a bunch of stupid young infantrymen. So we had fresh water and like a shit ton of beer. <laughs> inside the barracks anyway so i don't know that just popped in my that, head that but. makes sense beer <laughs> yeah. beer and mres plenty man. of carbs plenty of water um the, another thing is med kit uh what do you recommend putting in a med kit for trauma at a minimum uh let's see so minimal stuff for trauma we want gauze probably some gloves because if you have to work on somebody else you don't know what they've been exposed to um so definitely some gloves um, definitely tourniquets. Uh, so if you've got major bleeders, the other thing too, is, uh, you know, the potential for burns. So you may want to have some petroleum gauze in there. Um, and then obviously let's see. So we said, uh, um, gauze gloves, tourniquets, maybe some petroleum gauze, you know, chest seal, just basic trauma things. Um, so if you have to do something, maybe a splint, yeah, splint. splint in case there's a broken bone or something like that, an ACE bandage so you can wrap it, secure it, and maybe a cravat. So if somebody's got like a dislocated shoulder, a fucked up arm, you know, you can make a makeshift sling out of that. But just having like basic stuff um, is a big deal. So, you know, med kits, water, hygiene stuff. We talked about non perishable food. Um, also, you need to make sure that you turn off the power supply to your house during the storm. A lot of people, um, you know, you have access, obviously, to turn off power to to your uh, house. You don't want to endanger anybody's lives there by with the electricity running through the house when the storm's hitting you. Obviously, you want to utilize the power when you can. More than likely, especially if you're in the uh, center of the storm, you're going to potentially lose power for a period of time. But cut the power off to your house. Um, something else that we talked about is um, identifying a safe room. What are some uh, things that we identify uh, or that we uh, like to see in a safe room? In well, the typically, house? like from my background being uh, born and raised in California, safe rooms are like mo- the most structurally sound yep. areas in the building. So, you know, for a hurricane, you know, I'm thinking high winds, projectiles coming through windows. You're going to want to stay away from windows uh, or being exposed to a lot of open areas where stuff can fly in through windows and all that kind of shit. Or if glass breaks, you know, it's flying all over your family. Um, And then, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of places end up being I know in like tornadoes, earthquakes, all that kind of stuff. Closets or underneath like structural, um, you know, areas where there's actual beams and things like that that are the, the strongest parts of the house. And then. One of the things I'm worried about, because I still own a home in North Carolina and I've got really good friends in it, uh, renting it, um, is is uh, flooding um, in the area. Luckily, where my house is located, it's on a little piece of high ground, but you know they're forecasting for that area around Fort Bragg something crazy like 44 inches of rain, and in a small amount of time, that shit gets dangerous really fast. So if you're in low-lying areas um, along the East Coast, which a lot of people are being on, you know, at sea level on the coast, pay attention to that because the storm surge 
and then the rain is going to be friggin' dangerous. Absolutely. Um, in addition to that, you need to have a battery-powered FM AM radio. Uh, I think uh, people forget that the infrastructure, which typically involves towers, servers, o- electricity, etc., when it goes down, it's going to obviously shut down your cell phone, your communication. Um, but typically, um, because of radio, uh, how radio stations operate, they're going to maintain uh, radio chatter on FM and AM. They're going to be able to stream, um, not stream, but actually tr- uh, uh, transmit uh, communication, especially the weather updates, the emergency, right. uh, you know, FEMA updates that you need to to have access to. You need to have this information and have access to it. So it's important that you not only have that, but also have, you know, batteries and flashlights on hand. You right. know, power surges, infrastructure surges. Um, you need to be able to self sustain, and you know, obviously, running around in the middle of the night with no light source is going to uh, further endanger your life. Yeah, I had a friend of ours uh, reach out this morning, and I sent her a gigantic list of basically uh, all the basics. Obviously, if you have um, anybody in the house that's on medication, um, like special meds, like make sure you have enough of that stuff to last, you know, a couple weeks. Um, or any special health issues in general, like get out of the area. Like if you, if, if, if the anticipation of infrastructure is down and that person needs specific types of care, you need to get them out of the area. Uh, so that way, you know, their health isn't compromised because the infrastructure is down. Yeah. Another good point is about the animals, about your pets. Number one, if you evacuate the area, don't leave your pets behind. Don't, don't expect to like leave your cat and say, oh, he'll be good because if I, I'll just leave litter and a lot of uh, extra food. You're potentially uh, sentencing your animal to a death sentence because right. you don't know how it's going to end up. Sure. Um, so take him with you. If you decide to stay, don't just let him free roam. Actually get a kennel and put him in the kennel and co-locate them with you in the safe spot, the safe room with no windows. Right. Um, you know, some of the worst things that could happen is, you know, if wind rips your house apart, and um, your your animal, you, just like you guys have seen this in uh, July Fourth, like the fireworks make them freak out. Mm-hmm. They they don't stay with you because they feel safe. They they start running because it's a fight or flight mechanism, right? And they want to get the hell out of dodge. So if um, you know they're with you and something happens that it, it disrupts the home, they're going to escape and then they're going to run off and then you'll never you'll never find them again. So keep them with you, uh, take them with you. Um, something else, the last thing I believe that's on the list is communicate to family and friends before and after. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Right. So, you, you know, I know that we're, uh, we've been talking back and forth with our friends that are renting the house and just making sure that everything's okay. Um, I have solid people there. So, you know, they're taking pictures of before pictures right now, of the house, just in case there's serious wind damage or flooding or anything like that. And they're doing the best they can. And one of the other things that I thought was really, really smart that they were doing is they were going around the outside and actually trimming bushes, trees. Um, so there was no like, you know, basically deadfall that could, you know, be launched off of uh, off of trees, plants and all or not plants, but bushes. And then, her, yeah, the windows. yeah, exactly. So like going around the house and doing an assessment of all the shit that you have around your house and just seeing if there's, you know, things that you can do right now to mitigate, uh, you know, additional uh, threats to you and your family. Something else I want to mention, um, moving on a little bit on subjects, is the fact that uh, um, September 11th doesn't just signify uh, the World Trade Center, Pentagon, 
and then the crash of uh, one of the airliners in the in the middle of uh, Pennsylvania. It also represents uh, the Benghazi attack right. of September 11th in 2012. You know that killed uh, Glenn Doherty, Tyrone Woods, and the the ambassador and one of the uh, the agency su- uh, support guys. And uh, you know the the one reason I want to talk about that specifically is because you know I was involved with that uh, a little bit as far as uh, some operational stuff after the fact. Um, but it's it's something that's been used and politicized uh, over time, and you know that one of the one of the things that frustrated me in that whole situation is um, because of the politics that are uh, involved, we we kind of forget about those men and the sacrifice that they they made for their country, and we also forget about uh, the heroics of the men that were involved to rescue. Um, the remaining remaining uh, personnel that were left behind right. in the eight with the agency and the State Department, and you know that that whole situation is a, a really shitty situation. Um, um, but you know, I just want to just mention it because uh, you know Tyrone Tyrone Woods, Glenn Doherty were former uh, NASOF guys who you know went on to serve in uh, as government contractors. Uh, Chris Stevens was the ambassador who, by all accounts, you know, I spent almost a year in Libya after the fact uh, with the military and then as a civilian. Um, but Chris Stevens was known in Libya uh, as a legend. Like, he was, he would run every morning uh, mm-hmm. in Tripoli. He had really good engagement with the populace there. And then also one of the uh, U.S. Foreign Service uh, guys, he was a management officer, Sean Smith. And, you know, the horrible thing is how the inv- events unfolded mm-hmm. and the, the fact that there's, um, you know, some controversy potentially that we could have reacted. Outside of all that stuff, um, you know, let's remember those uh, four men who gave their lives and also the, yeah, we the spend, brave men who yeah. rescued them. We spend all kinds of time debating politics and tearing each other down. Today's about remembering good people, uh, both, you know, 9-11, 2001, um, who were innocently uh, innocent people that were slaughtered by assholes, and then um, you know nine eleven uh, in Benghazi uh, with good men who you know were doing their job, and uh, unfortunately were attacked by more assholes um, and killed. And so it's important to remember them, their legacy, what they stood for, and the type of people they are. Um, and I know they're the kind of guys that I look at, and I go, that's the kind of guy. Uh, I wanted to be, I am, those are the things that I stand up for. And, uh, yeah. So it's important to remember those guys and gals the right way. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, just before we get off, man, cause this is a short one. I just want to talk about one of the, the, the survival kit or the, I'm sorry, the med kits that we're coming out with, because, you know, when we drop the everyday mobility bags, which is a, like to us, the ultimate go bag, right? Which is the panel that you run in the back of your vehicle. And the fact that you could tie in survival and med, and just have an ultimate bag that you could blow out of your, you know, in an emergency type situation. You know, uh, North American Rescue has been uh, gracious enough to team up with us to allow us to develop a kit for basic trauma. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to talk about the other one because the other one's on the way. Mm-hmm. But one of the first kits that we are coming out with is called the BTRK. It's the Basic Trauma Response Kit, which addresses the most significant um, and the pri- number one priority which is stopping the uh, bleed and trauma. Right. So the, one of the, the things that's included is a mini emergency trauma dressing, uh, which is, you know, a trauma dressing is basically a patch with compression, 
but also it has combo, combat gauze, which has hemostatic in it. Right. And it, it has a, a, a pair of gloves and also duct tape. And then we we obviously encourage everybody who's um, looking at trauma kits, especially when it comes to um, countering or or uh, combating bleeds and trauma, is to include a tourniquet in that yeah, process absolutely. as well. So you know the basic trauma uh, response kit will be available in a couple of weeks. Uh, but I just wanted to talk about that because you know we get questions all the time like, hey, what med do you want to do? And I've seen a lot of kits out there, and we talked about it with <clears> NAR <throat> that. We don't want to complicate this. Right. We want the 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 simplest and best equipment that's necessary to treat trauma. Yep. And for for us, this is the kit. So yeah, super motivated about that. <laughs> super motivated about that. <laughs> super motivated. Motivated. Uh, yeah. No, it's just, um, a lot of stuff going on. Battle tested. Battle tested. If you uh, are interested, again, Facebook spam. Discovery Channel. If they're talking about cheetahs, talk about battle tested. Talk yeah. about Bengal tires. Nice cheetah. We want more battle tested. Yeah. Nice Bengal battle tested. Um, also, uh, here in the near future, uh, you'll see more information about this museum. We're not. I'm not an expert in anything when it comes to museum <laughs> anything. So I've already gotten graciously. I've already gotten the one of the directors of the Infantry Museum at Benning contacted me today. Ooh, sweet! And said she would be willing to help us. If you have any expertise in any of this, uh, we're working with the Prescott Valley mayor and we're working uh, through some existing um, logistical and planning considerations. Feel free to DM us, message us, and uh, let's figure this out together. I think it's going to be a good thing for the community. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be good for the surrounding communities that have the ability and people to come into the area. Um, I don't think there's really, uh, to, to the best of my knowledge, nothing... Um, highly organized uh, out here museum-wise that captures, you know, the history of uh, the Special Forces Regiment, the Ranger Regiment, along with, um, you know, other initiatives to share about military history, how it ties into, you know, hey, we were all civilians before before we joined the military, and we left the military to once again become civilians. But that doesn't mean that uh, we don't have opportunities to serve in different ways and to be able to share our experiences and what that means. And, um, probably one of the most important things is to share that with our children, um, and what that means and what sacrifice, uh, means for the guys, uh, that Mike and I served with that we saw fall on the battlefield, um, their children, their families. Um, we know that sacrifice. We've seen it. We serve with those folks and, um, it's important to tell their stories along with, the hundreds and thousands of other stories of uh, men and women that have served and tie that all back into the community because that's where we come from prior to going to serve and that's where we come back to uh, when we're done serving. Absolutely. Um, we'll take a couple questions from the live feed on Instagram because we have an opportunity to do so. If you have any questions, please feel free to ask them now. Also, people ask me about this shirt that I'm wearing. It's a Neil deGrasse Tyson. If you don't know who that is, he's an astro astrophysicist, which... Uh, do you say asshole physicist? Asshole <laughs> physicist. Uh, he actually is a uh, astrophysicist, which uh, I like a lot because he intelligibly communicates uh, a very complex subject and can put it in layman's terms for people to understand. And uh, I'm into science, and it says uh, it has a picture of him, and he says "science bitch," and he's dropping a mic. Nerd. So I think that's pretty cool. Nerd. It's a nerd shirt. No big deal. Nerd life. Also. Um, also, um, this podcast is sponsored by a couple people that uh, that uh, work with us. It is one of those is 
black powder, red earth, BPRE. So BPRE is a graphic, what do you call it? Like a comic book novel? Graphic novel. If yes, you're a graphic yep. novel that's actually pretty dope. Um, it talks about uh, private con- private security contractors working in big poop holes across the world and kicking terrorist asses, which is pretty cool. It is cool. So if you're interested, check out blackpowderredearth.com. And check out their latest graphic novel because uh, we're consultants for them. And uh, I think it's a good product, and you should check it out. Also, we're sponsored by Truck Vault. Interestingly enough, uh, Truck Vault just dropped off the command center at our front door. We'll be highlighting that in in series. But something about Truck Vault that I want to make really clear is, look, if if you think that taking your guns and putting them in your truck and then uh, locking your truck is going to stop people from doing it, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, one of the best ways to secure it is with Truck Vault because they have locking mechanisms and systems in place to keep it confined in the back of your vehicle. And, uh, you know, I, I got the uh, Special Operations Command Center because I do a lot of commanding. <laughs> I even got a nifty whiteboard, but it's, it's a pretty cool setup. You can custom build them. Uh, check them out at truckvault.com. Uh, all right, see if we got any questions. You got any? Yeah, I do. So uh, we've got the Pirate Jenny. Um, on my feed right now. And she says, how do we get in touch with somebody or how do we get in touch to get somebody on our podcast? Pirate Jenny, you can send an email to training at fieldcraftsurvival.com or you can send us a DM. Um, and, you know, we have to approve of the guests that you're asking to have on as well. So if you want like some somebody that we don't want to have on our podcast, <laughs> we might say no. Reject denied. <laughs> Um, we have Cody Lundig hopefully coming on the podcast soon. Cody's all over the map because he's into survival and outdoors, and he's just an outdoor man. Yep. Um, but hopefully getting him on the podcast soon. Also, uh, you know, we got a whole bunch of podcasts that are lined up soon at the Skillset Studio. Yeah. Which, if you guys are interested, Skillset is not just a studio. It's a magazine. Um, I actually write for that magazine. I'll have an article coming out in their next issue, which is dropping soon. Also, you could use Fieldcraft on skillsetmag.com and save 25%, which is a large percentage. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Lastly, for advertisements, we want to talk about U.S. Night Vision and our friends at Rigid. So I think this year is the first year Rigid is going to debut at SHOT Show in January. So U.S. Night Vision has a badass booth with a lot of different people. Kurt will be there. I'll be there. (laughs) I'll be there uh, interacting with with people and uh but those guys are collaborating together at that booth so i encourage you guys if you're going to shot show make sure you stop by make sure you check it out i will be there we'll do the high five thing take a pick and shoot the shit a little bit uh last question a lot of people have been asking me who makes this hat i wish it was filled craft but it's not it's cool uh it's uh, a cool hat guys and uh, if you guys are interested in cool that's really all me and Kurt wear. I'm wearing uh, cool pants as we speak. No big deal. So one guy just asked a question. What's the discovery info so we can tell them to keep your show on? So yeah. great question. Uh, we'll throw it out there again. We want more hashtag battle tested. Tag discovery channel. Comment on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I don't care where. Just put it on their page somewhere. And then keep hitting them up, right? Because they're on the fence right now, guys. Uh, we know the show was awesome. We got a ton of good feedback. Mike and I had a blast um, recording the pilot. And, uh, I mean, there's just a huge opportunity there. Um, and we want to put Fieldcraft on the map. We want to put Battle Tested on the map. And we want to make a great show for Discovery. So we're, we're pretty motivated about it. And it's a huge opportunity. 
you know, to continue to put us out there to, in, to give us the ability uh, to do better things for our society and be able to, to put good messages out there for people. And so we're, we want to do it. So let discovery know that you want more hashtag battle tested on all their social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, boom, bam. All right. That's all I got. All right, guys. Hey, till next time, stay alert, stay alive later. Later.